This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Muck Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door, including my favourite, the Quarter Pounder with cheese. Mm. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery, so the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get reward points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello everybody and welcome to episode 93 of the Stacey West podcast. I'm Ben and Gary is with me as he always is. How are you getting on? I'm not bad mate. The more pressing question is how's your TV? Knew that was coming. I knew that was coming. Um, it's It's fine. It's uh, it's really good. My new one is uh, is genuinely fine. Are the colours uh, right though? Are the blues blue enough? It was never that the colours were wrong. It was that they weren't fucking they weren't processing it properly. Uh, so what does that mean? Does that mean that the colours were right, but they were moving wrong? I I I, I don't. My my eyesight's bad yeah. for me, so I couldn't see anything. And I know I was in. Uh, I was probably in a minority with a couple of others, but I was very very concerned about your TV. Um, over a period of time, so I, I, I I'm mean, glad it's sorted. I'm. I think you're probably more glad it's sorted, just so I stop bitching about it on Twitter, aren't you? No, no, not at all. No, like I said, I muted you, so I didn't. <laughs> I didn't hear any of it. So. Are you back on Twitter yet? It's just maybe I haven't taken you off mute. It has. No, I, I jest, of course. Uh, to answer your original question, Ben, I'm very well. I'm actually quite busy at the minute because um, I go away this weekend, thus missing uh, the crew game, unfortunately. Um, but it'd be nice to get away. So, um, yeah, I'm just trying to queue content up for the weekend so that my readers are not either A, disappointed, or B, uh, I don't care. <laughs> oh, dear. Uh, yes, um, I mean, as I say, everything is everything is all right. Apart from just the the chaos of redecorating a room is is just when when the, when not everything goes according to plan, it's just too stressful. But other than that, it's all good. Um, yeah, let's uh, let's talk about Lincoln City because that's sort of presumably what people tune in for. Um, I'm guessing they tune in. They tune in for PE teacher stories and to find out about your electrical equipment. <laughs> That's basically it. Yes, yeah, so I have a. I have an LG uh, C10. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. Whatever. Yeah, yeah C10, okay. 55 inch TV. Now it's all very good, and I'm very happy with it. So I will stop moaning about it. All right. Anyway, I, I never knew that LG stood for life's good until I bought an LG television, and it tells you every time it turns on. And ever since I've had an LG television, subliminally, I've felt that life is good. So I think that's a positive thing. <laughs> It's improved your mental health by the fact that you watch a lot of TV, is that it? Yeah, no, I don't actually. It's when I turn it on for gaming or we're struggling. Actually, I mean, I know that this is non-Lincoln City talk. We're actually struggling to get into a series at the minute. We've just watched The Four with Gillian Anderson and uh, we've trialled two series and neither of them have three series, in fact, have we? We watched The Reckoning and that was gash. But we watched all 10 episodes of that. And then we watched one called something like The Sinner, I think it is. And two episodes into that, Fee was bored. Uh, and I really wanted to trial Sons of Anarchy. And we watched the first episode last night. And sadly, that's not appealing to both of us, only me. So we're going to start Ozark tonight. But anyway. Okay. I was going to uh, potentially recommend The Umbrella Academy. But then I remembered that you're not a superhero fan. So 
No, it was quite unfortunate, wasn't it? That I was poking fun at superheroes and Marvel and DC Universe the other morning, laid in bed, and then the news came through that one of the stars of the uh, DC Marvel Universe thing had sadly passed away, and it felt a little bit inappropriate. Ah, that's all right, you know. See, that that was genuinely sad news, actually, because he was, uh, yeah. you know, quite looking at some of the stuff that came out after the fact was uh, was was quite. Uh, you know, brought a little bit of a lump to the throat when he was talking to kids in uh, in a ward where you know you knew they sort of in retrospect that he was fighting when uh, they were as well. But anyway, and he was enough. your surprising, he was your first ever surprising celebrity age, wasn't he? He was, yeah, because he, he he always looked a lot younger than he was. So uh, hmm. anyway, anyway, yes, um, let's let's talk about uh, let's talk about Lincoln City. So we've actually got a competitive game for the first time since March. Uh, tomorrow so that in itself uh, I, I say is quite exciting it it probably should excite me more than it is doing um it's it, it's the fact that i think it's it's still this sort of semi pre-season friendly feel to it i guess um i know that that's it's not a pre-season friendly you know it's obviously in in, in one of the cup competitions but <sighs> i i I'm more excited about next Saturday, if I'm honest. Um, but yes, we, we do play crew um, at, at the weekend, and uh, I, I don't really know how to predict this one, and so I'm going to leave it up to you. <laughs> I'm pleased that your research extended to who we were playing, though. That's an improvement. <laughs> well, apparently I don't know anything about Lincoln City, so, you know. Anyway, so Crew Alexandria, yeah, I mean, like you say, I think um, I think it will have a very pre-season feel because pre-season hasn't had a pre-season feel because fans haven't been able to go there. So you know, we're kind of we're still on catch-up with COVID, and I think even the first league games will feel a little bit flat in some respects. Um, I'm excited. I must admit to get back to competitive action. You know, it's the first competitive game since something like March the seventh. Um, an awful lot has changed. It, you know, it's going to feel very much like a different football club. And I know that sounds silly because you know every new season feels a little bit like that with the the new kit. But it's a new kit. We've got virtually a new squad. There's been a massive player churn over the summer. You know, and and the world has changed. And therefore, the game against Crew is is going to be significantly different to the game against Burton. Um, but you know, it's an opportunity to go in competitive action. You know, neither side will go in thinking this is a training exercise. Fans may feel that it's a pre-season friendly. Um, but, you know, I was chatting to, uh, and I'm not name dropping, but I was chatting to Liam Bridcott um, last night about uh, about various things. You know, he, he said every competitive game is, is just as important as the next one. And whilst we as fans are not enticed by playing crew behind closed doors, winning and then getting Liverpool at Sinsel Bank behind closed doors. That doesn't grab us. But for the players, you know, the only thing that's going to be missing is the fans and they will want to pit themselves against um, better teams if they get the opportunity. So I think it's halfway between a pre-season friendly and a competitive game, if I'm honest. You know, I think when we look back at some of the other Carabao Cup, Coca-Cola Cup, whatever it's been called in the past, you know, those early games have always been a little bit haven't they? I mean, I think we went and won heavily at Port Vale with reserve side effectively. Mm-hmm. Um, was it? Did we beat Huddersfield in the first round last year? It was the first round, wasn't uh, it? E- no, yeah. it was, a, it was it, I thought it was the second round. If you tell me who we beat in the first round, then happily. But I think Huddersfield was the first round. I think Everton was the second round. Okay, um, I might be missing a I might be missing a game there. That's how insignificant the trophy is in my mind. <laughs> um, and we we played a reserve team there as well. So this would always be the sort of game where some fringe players might get a run out. In actual fact, that might flip over, and Michael might want to put as much of a senior squad out as he possibly can. So um, you know, it's fascinating. I think by virtue of the fact that it's the cup, it's the first game, it's on a Saturday. There's a lot of uh, you know. Um, kind of angles at play here so now when you when it comes to crew are you happy for me to keep talking by the way ben yeah by all means wonderful good good um so (laughs) when it comes to crew they're a side that have impressed me hugely um over the last few years even uh, starting probably we went there and we won 4-1 in our first season back in the league uh, and they looked awful. And I thought, you know, David Artel could get the sack here. The, the, the ground was half empty because obviously Gresty Road's got that huge, great big stand um, and uh, the, the dwarfs, the others. 
Um, but he turned it around and he's proven himself to be a really good manager. He's no nonsense manager. They came to our place later in the year and, and hammered us 4-1. Um, mm. Bozzy scored early doors and then they put four past us. The season that we won the title, you know, they they were really unlucky to lose 1-0 at our place. They beat us 2-1 at theirs on Boxing Day. Since then, they've developed into this really slick passing side. They play a 4-3-3. You know, that, that kind of policy of promoting young players... He's still working. I mean, Charlie Kirk is someone I think that's come through there who plays on the left flank. Really good player. He's going to be one of their standout footballers this season. Um, they've got a lad called Owen Dale as well, who may be involved tomorrow. I don't know. He's a youngster who, again, is is kind of a hot prospect. Um, you look at Perry Ng, which is just NG, but I've looked it up beforehand and it can be pronounced Ng. Uh, at fullback, you know, arguably one of the uh, one of the best. I think he's a right back arguably one of the best in League Two last season, someone that's been targeted by bigger clubs and he hasn't moved on. Uh, they've got some experience as well. They've got um, Chris Porter up front, who's hit double figures three years in a row and he's 36 now, uh, but they've made some interesting signings. They've signed Mikkel Mandron, who's, who we're no stranger to. I think I said on the pod last season when he played for Gillingham that he wouldn't score in a million years past as he did uh, <laughs> early on. Donovan Daniels is coming from Luton at the back, another good acquisition, and they've signed um, Ofrandi Zanzala, who's at Accrington. I seem to remember him running rings round us or, or, or putting in a good performance, let's say, uh, in the EFL Trophy when we went out on penalties the night that we brought Jamie McComb and, and half of our backroom staff on as subs. <laughs> um, so they've kept the nucleus of the side that were top when uh, the season finished. I think they were they only went they only dropped into second on on PPG. Um, they were in a really good position to go on and win the title. So they're going to be a side who are expecting to be outside of the bottom four um, by some margin this season. Uh, I think that their style of football, which is quick passing, um, very very much like ours in the, in terms of the patient build up, and, and arguably perhaps the four three three, which I think we might lean towards maybe this season. So um, it's going to be a really really big test. I personally, um, although I always want Lincoln to win, I won't lose sleep if we lose the game, with it being the Carabao Cup. Mm-hmm. But I think that it is a it's a crucial one. Um, and when you look at Crew last season. Um, they, their XG was, was 1.41, so they were looking at scoring maybe between one and two goals every game. Their actual goals were 1.83, so they were improved and they were outperforming their XG as well. Um, they are unpredictable. Uh, speaking to one of their fans earlier today, uh, he told me that they're just as likely to go and win 1-0 as they are lose 6-0 in games. Um, and with the step up, they're expecting inconsistency. Uh, but Personally, I think it's going to be a really tough challenge for us um, tomorrow, depending mm. on when this goes out, Saturday, whatever. <laughs> yeah, it'll be tomorrow. Um, okay. But yeah, I, I, I don't know. It, it, as I say, it's always difficult to to sort of have that prediction, if you like, in in the first game of the season or the first couple of games. It's just, uh, yeah, going to be going to be a, a good one to to keep an eye on, I think, and. Um, I'll be. I mean, it's going to be on. Uh, going to be on iFollow, and it'll be you know available for, for people to pick up. Which it's almost well, as if I planned it. Well, just before you do, actually, um, with it being on iFollow, I'm sorry, <laughs> I've ruined your segue. Oh. Um, but uh, obviously, I won't be doing my match report on the Stacey West this week. Uh, so I've got guest Kyle Keneally, um, who's Kyle and Chris both listen to the pod as well. Uh, and Kyle's going to be doing the match report. Now, it's very, very rare that I hand over match reports. Uh, the only one I think that I didn't cover last season that someone else did was Oxford at home when we lost 6-0. So if Kyle um, is j- going to jinx us and that's going to happen again, I'm going to have to basically cancel all holidays going forward. Um, so, no, keep an eye out for that from from Kyle on the blog this week. There you go. Absolutely. So, yes, before I was... Uh... So rudely but understandably interrupted, um, we've uh, yeah we've got the uh, the news about the I follow stuff that's that's come up uh, today from the club or yesterday as you're listening to this. Um, so the club uh, basically said about the uh, the I follow information uh, for for everybody. And if you are first off, if you're a season ticket holder, then um, you will be able 
to get all of your home league games that you are not able to attend, um, you will have those provided as part of your season ticket. Um, so it sounds like that is essentially until the the restrictions on capacity of the stadium are, are lifted. So whether that you know whether that even will be this season or not, we don't entirely know at the moment. But I would imagine that at some point this season. You know, we we will hopefully have a full ground again. At which point, you know, you won't have the the home league streaming through iFollow. Um, but everything else, um, there will be a UK match pass. So we we did talk about this before. Um, the three pm restriction on live streaming of football is being lifted um, sensibly. So I mean, I I couldn't see how they would have enforced that. You know, with with everything going on. So um, if you're not a season ticket holder. Uh, you will be able to buy a home game pass for £10 and also any away games uh, you'll be able to buy for £10 regardless of if you are a season ticket holder or not. So away games will cost everybody £10 per game uh, to watch. It'll be... I lost you there, Ben, for a minute. Did you? Hmm. Oh. Um... the word regardless. Anyway, carry on. Oh, sorry. Yeah, I was just saying that... Um... Regardless of whether you're a season ticket holder or not, you'll have uh, you'll have to pay for the away games um, because that's not included as part of the season ticket. Um, but you will then, um, you know, all of the uh, the cup fixtures as well. So the Carabao Cup game uh, against Crew that will be available for ten pounds, and then presumably there will be some sort of other um, pricing scale depending on. Um, the, the 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 other cup competitions. I don't know about the EFL Trophy. They've not said anything. Uh, they've not said anything about the pricing on there. But the interesting thing about it was the um, the uh, away match pass sales. So um, was it said that uh, revenue for away match pass sales are allocated to the home club in line with the projected number of away supporters that would usually attend the fixture under normal circumstances. So. Once that figure's surpassed, each club will keep anything they sell above this. So, for example, Sunderland bought nearly well 1,800 fans to the LNER last year, meaning that the first 1,800 match passes bought by Sunderland fans would be kept by Lincoln City. After that figure, Sunderland keep any additional sales. So it's a. I think this is probably the, the best way um, around it in terms of the revenue split. Um, it, it seems fair. It seems, you know, manageable by the, the home and away clubs. Um, so... For example, the MK Dons game, um, I, I imagine they will probably be going off last season's attendance at MK rather than the previous season because the previous season was was quite an impressive following. But uh, yeah, I mean, it also uh, they've said that the the games will be streamed in 1080p, um, which will be you know a welcome welcome thing for anybody that's uh, that, that's used to streaming things from Netflix or stuff like that. Um, on posh televisions. On posh TV. Well, not that posh anymore. You know, if it was proper posh, it'd be 4K, but I'm not going to get into that. Um, and there is obviously the uh, a lot of people have asked the question of um, how can I watch this on my TV if I don't have a like an Android TV, Android-based TV or whatever. You know, they've said, can I, uh, can we watch this through the TV? Uh, the quickest answer and the simplest answer for it is get an HDMI cable. Most laptops these days, if you've got a laptop, most laptops will have an HDMI cable. Um, plug the HDMI cable one end into the laptop and one end into the spare HDMI port on your TV, and away you go. You'll be able to watch the games without any problem that way. Um, there are, you know, just from to sort of digress a little bit, if you usually watch on a tablet or if you usually watch on on your phone or, you know, whatever... I'm sure there will be plenty of adapters around there that will be able to plug into your phone to give you a, an HDMI connection out so you can, you know, watch it that way. But essentially, you're going to get the game and you can watch it on your TV by way of an adapter or a cable. So hopefully everyone should be fairly satisfied with that. And I think ultimately this is the best way uh, for everybody to get the ability to view the games uh, during this uh, shit show of a time, shall we say. And that, ladies and gentlemen, was Ben Ward's tech moment. <laughs> T- 
1080p's, HDMI's, ports. I can actually literally feel Ben salivating. I was in my worse element, than the day that he got a Harry Toffolo cardboard cut out for his bedroom. You're such a bellend. I know. Um, just going back <laughs> onto the uh, the split for the away fans. Mm. Um, I think that's that's kind of been done. Uh, I don't. I think it's League One only. I might be wrong, but that's obviously been done to try and protect some of the smaller clubs. Yeah. Um, and it's also been one of the arguments around. I follow. Obviously, I sit on the supporters board. It's been one of the discussions that's had on a regular basis. Is you know if you're Sunderland and you could sell twenty nine thousand I follow passes for an away game that you know only a thousand fans can make and you average 30 then all of the benefit is yours even though it's the club that are hosting the game that kind of are putting it on so I think it's always been a something that Andy Holt at Accrington has often spoken about uh, and he speaks more than me about football so you know it's um it is a a, a situation I think that he's, he's now dictated by necessity uh, it's how they work out the average away following because obviously um, it's based on allocation as well. So quite rightly, you picked up MK Dons there. You know the, the MK Dons allocation was five. We took five thousand, six thousand, five and a half thousand, whatever. Yeah, but I think that we would probably work on a basis, and it has to be fair from the clubs that we would maybe take a thousand to MK Dons. Mm-hmm. Um, it will still work better for the for the uh, for the well supported clubs, but then the well supported clubs are the ones that are feeling the pinch more. Um, with that at their home ground as well. So, um, yeah. look, I know that there's a lot of people who are a little bit distrustful of iFollow given the debacle um, of the uh, the Scunthorpe game and then the fact that the Oldham game began streaming on Northampton Town's YouTube and, and stuff like that. You know, that was all done through different technology. iFollow is tried and tested. Um, I had a, a, re, a, a blog reader, Richard Harvey, message me kind of you know, expressing concern that non-technical individuals may struggle to access iFollow. It, it should be relatively straightforward. It should certainly be more straightforward than um, than the, the live 42 feeds. Mm-hmm. And as I understand it, you know, the iFollow package is I've, – I've, I watched um, Ipswich last year. Uh, it, it, obviously, it was the home game. I haven't seen any other home games on iFollow because I'm always there. The coverage was great. It was like watching a game. Um, but do also bear in mind that the agreement on iFollow uh, between them and Sky Sports for screening every game that's not on Sky Sports is only uh, is to be reviewed in October when fans start coming back in. So it's going to be a really fluid situation, I think. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, for anybody that isn't, you know, anybody that's concerned about the, the tech side of it, and I'm probably opening myself up to a deluge on Twitter if this is the case, but if anyone is concerned about it and they're, they're listening to this, then just drop us a, you know, ping us a message on Twitter and just say, you know, I'm, I'm a bit confused or I'm not sure what I need. Um, and I'll about uh, I follow, not everything. Just yeah. About yeah. I mean, I'm not, I'm not offering myself up as a counselor or anything like that. Just, uh, you know, any, any I follow queries, just, uh, let me know. I mean, I, I've got, I've tried a bunch of different uh, methods to get stuff onto my TV and it all seems to work. So yeah, just, just which TV is that? Uh, any, all of them to be fair. My all old of them. one was the color the right animal. Fuck off. <laughs> Anyway, a, so I've just got a little tally here of Ben's TV, and um, we're into double figures, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks so to those you. of those of you in the sweepstake who have got 156 mentions, you're looking good for a prize. Thanks to you. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> what's the next subject? Uh, next oh, subject. it's Ben's television. <laughs> uh, next subject, I think we're gonna we're gonna talk about um, the a couple of. Uh, well, I think we, we've spoken about them previously, but there's there appears to have been um, some movement on uh, potential for, for a couple of the signings to come in in terms of the loans. Um, Callum Morton has signed a new contract at West Brom, which potentially sort of frees him up to, you know, in terms of uh, he's definitely got a club now, so the club will be looking to potentially get him out on loan. Um, it sounds like from, from some of the reports that uh, the you know, West Brom have, have turned down some championship clubs and instead are, to, are you know are going to be sending him to us. Um yeah, and I think that's obviously due to the the pre existing link between um you know West Brom and Michael Appleton. So um uh, and Alex Palmer, I believe is it Alex Palmer? 
Sorry, I'm going to have to Google this, and then someone's going to leave a snippy comment on this. <laughs> it's, it's Alex. It's Alex Palmer. There's ways that you I can said. kind of what you could do. You could pass it over to me if you're unsure, and then nobody would know the difference. <laughs> <laughs> Your own worst enemy, Ben. Your own worst enemy. Well, you know, I'm doing it for comedic effect. Yes, um, and of course, yeah, Alex Palmer, the uh, the goalkeeper, is uh, supposedly coming to us as well. So, who knows? By the time you're listening to this, it may well be announced. We may have a striker and a keeper, which I think are really the two areas that uh, most people are screaming out for signings. So, um, thoughts on on that, Gary? I mean, do you, can you see? Well, I'm imagining you can see it happening because it's it's being heavily reported elsewhere. And, uh, of course, we've got the, the news about Trialist A as well. And you, you think you found his identity out. Yeah, well, first, we'll start with the West Brom lads. I mean, one thing you've, you've said there is that Callum Morton has signed a new deal. Now, that news, I don't think, has actually been officially confirmed as yet. Um, Steve Maidley, who's the West Brom reporter, uh, and a very a trusted source has basically said he understands that Morton will pen a four-year deal and will then be loaned out to us. Um, I had a quick flick through news now uh, before I came on, and I hadn't seen anything that had been announced since yesterday lunchtime. So um, we'll you know we wait for that, but it certainly looks like it's the case. Um, obviously, but he scored eight in twelve for Northampton. Yes, it looks like there was Championship sides wanted him, but he's guaranteed more football here. Now that's interesting because I can't see him playing instead of Tom Hopper. So I wonder if he's then going to play him on either the right or the left, um, possibly on the right with George Grant on the left of a four-three-three, or play Morton as a as a ten uh, as a behind. Hopper in a in a four two three one. So how we accommodate that is going to be interesting. I felt last season when Tyrese John Jules played for the first couple of games, we tried to shoehorn him into a system that didn't work. Um, I know he scored his only goal when he partnered Tyler Walker, but I felt that you know Tyrese looked undroppable by virtue of the fact he had come from Arsenal. Now I don't think that'll be the case with Morton, but you know he's not coming here to play fifteen games with a little bracketed twenty indicating that he's got five minutes here and there um, you know he's coming here to, to be a first team player so it's really interesting Alex Palmer most clean sheets in league two last season you know Plymouth fans have, have you know almost certainly expected him to go back to Plymouth at one point I know they've, they've signed a keeper already but um, you know I think he basically said he wasn't going to play they feel he said he wasn't going to play in league one it was either championship or he'd be back to Plymouth so um, I hate the saying salty fans, but I think that there will be a few if we pull this off. Uh, be a significant transfer coup, I would say, um, because I think both probably had West Brom remained in the championship, both might have hoped to have been knocking on the door of their first team squad next season. So the fact that they've gone up has been a real boost to us. And the fact that obviously Michael has that pre-existing relationship is, is good as well. Mm. And bear in mind, you know, you've got Darren Moore there who, who managed West Brom for a while. So there's, there's relationships in place with other managers. You know, when it's not just, oh, Michael used to be at West Brom, so we're going to get them. You know, this, those relationships extend to other teams as well. Um, so you know, it's not just the fact that he was at West Brom; it's that he is a respected coach um, who is trusted to work with young players. And, and just going off on a tangent, I noticed on the official West Ham site today when I was doing another article, um, they're talking to Connor Coventry about potential first team football this season. So again, you know, that's how much we were trusted with by West Ham last season as well. So it's really, really interesting. Okay. Uh, with regards to trialist A, trialist A uh, I won't take credit for finding out myself. Um, Ryan Rose and a, a couple of his, one of his friends had apparently muted Ramirez Howarth as potential trialist A. And when you kind of dig around a little bit, you can see uh, that's clearly who it is. Um, I didn't post links to his personal Twitter and Instagram accounts because I'm not an invasive bastard. <laughs> um, but I did have a quick look at his Instagram account and it is him. Um Interesting trialist scored in the win against Nottingham Forest under 23s, along with Sean Rowan. Um, certainly featured very, very heavily in pre season. Looks really useful, can play right, left, central. Um, I think he had time as a striker, looks busy on the ball. He was a uh, a Welsh club who I know are something like Seven Druids. I don't know how you pronounce C E F N in Wales, but I pronounce it Seven. Um, so he was with, <laughs> let's say he was with the Druids. Um, 
and and their local press has kind of picked up on the story and and I think they've identified him as well now. So former Blackpool trainee then went and dropped into the non-league and kind of served a little bit of time in non-league, but he's still only 22. Um, He's kind of, is he this season's Juan Luque? Is he this season's Alex Bradley? You know, they're both trialists that have come in, done well and, and, and signed for the club. So Remains to be seen. Very much a squad player, I think, if we sign him. Very much a kind of a, a roll of the dice. And, and you don't know whether a one or a six is going to come up. Um, but there's three players. You know, it's been suggested, certainly by Clive today on Twitter, I believe, or Facebook, one of the two, um, that we expect to have two new faces in by Saturday. My gut feeling is that that will be Morton and Palmer. Uh, my other gut feeling is if if you're listening to this between 12 and 4.59 on Friday, it probably won't have been announced. But if you are listening to this at a minute past five on Friday, one, why aren't you watching my live feed? Uh, because I'm bound to be doing a video. Uh, but two, it's most likely news broken. You know, If it's not announced tomorrow, then there's been some, uh, in my opinion, there has been some um, some major upset so it's like people say you can't trust anything until the, the the ink's dry on the paper so we shall see there we go so yeah i i think um i think you know with these potential new faces i'm not going to say until they are definitely through the door but i think that that would more or less round the squad off quite nicely um from you know from from what i think we we've been lacking in terms of the other signings that we needed to have made so far so yeah what i would say don't rule out other signings that would be that would be my um my belief i i i when you look at the situation with covid and you look at the players who are still available there are an awful lot of quality footballers out there who have not yet got a deal. And I'm thinking, you know, just off the top of my head, Jordi Huula, I'm talking Danny Rowe. Mm. You know, these are players who, uh, Sam Hutchinson, who was at Sheffield Wednesday. I mean, he's a bit older, to be fair. But these are players who could play League One football all day long who have not currently got a deal. Now, if we get deep into September, and I'm not entirely sure at the moment when the transfer window closes, if we get deep into September, these players are suddenly going to be thinking, hang on, I need to drop my demands here significantly. And I'm not saying that they're demanding silly money, but, you know, are they going to drop into the National League and play there for the next you know, year, year and a half? Or are they going to go, actually, I can do a job. If, if, if I drop my wage demands and go in at Lincoln City, Charlton Athletic, Oxford United as a fringe player and do well... Mm. I can get a move. And James Wilson going to Ipswich is a classic example last last season. And that was obviously pre-COVID, you know, released by Lincoln, goes in on trial. Clearly, you know, he's, they take a punt on him and, he, you know, he's, he's a regular there now. So um, I don't think the plan is to sign anybody else other than three new faces, two on loan, one permanent. But it wouldn't surprise me with two loan spaces still free and the market, as, as unpredictable as it is, it wouldn't surprise me if we didn't just keep an eye out. A bit like if you go into a electrical store and you're kind of buying a TV and on your way out, you've still got a little bit of brass in your pocket and you're just keeping an eye out for, I don't know, a graphics card or something. If you see one suddenly that's cheap and catches your eye, you're going to buy it even though you haven't planned to go in and buy it. And that's an analogy we can all get on board with. Sorry, Gary, you cut out there a minute. You just replaced by an absolute <laughs> arsehole. Um, <laughs> oh, dear. No. Um, anyway. You, you, get, you get what I mean. I mean, I know that it was an analogy that was designed to poke a little fun. Um, but <laughs> in, in seriousness, it, that, that's the way it, it It's is an made. impulse buy. Yeah, it's like picking up the chocolate bar at the that are two for a quid at the counter at the co-op or something like that. Mm. You know, it may happen. You just don't know. Yeah, or the uh, you know the the ridiculous ones that you get when you go to a train station, and you know they say like, "Oh, do you just want you know?" I see that you just bought a like twenty p pack or fifty p pack of chewing gum. Would you also like a massive chocolate bar for a quid? So no, I'm getting on a train. I don't want to eat a bar of chocolate. It's crazy. And and then of course, there's always when you go in a garage and you pay for your petrol, and they say, "Would you like a free Sun newspaper with that?" And you have to get on your high horse and explain why no. You would not like a free Sun newspaper with that. In fact, you take your free Sun newspaper and rammel it. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. That, that's exactly. Yeah, it's usually the uh, it's usually the mail or the telegraph in uh, in W H Smith in the in the train stations, and they, is it? yeah, they they get told where to. Yeah, you know, the telegraph or yeah. the express. One of the horrible ones, anyway. Um, but yes, we'll we'll move on. 
Um, and we, we said last week, um, I don't think there's anything else that we've got club-wise to cover. I uh, think we've gone through what we... We chat Bridcut's injury if you wanted to. I, I was going to leave that for, for people, you know, sort of direct people towards the website. But, you know, if you're happy to. <laughs> well, you hadn't just forgotten it. Because no. I had. I'd completely forgotten it until you said that. There's no <laughs> shame in admitting it, Ben. No, I hadn't forgotten about it. Do you know what's even more frustrating? I wrote the article um, and it hasn't gone up on News Now. It's the only article on Stacey West that for some reason News Now hasn't picked up. So a lot of people haven't seen it, which, and I haven't really pushed it. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously we know Liam's going to miss certainly Saturday, as is Adam Jackson. So I think, you know, we're looking at our approach. I think we'll probably have Monsma and Joe Walsh because I think we will go as strong as we possibly can. Um, my dad asked me the other day why we haven't got Theo Archibald playing yet. We don't know that we haven't. He might have played against Nottingham Forest, but I think in terms of match fitness, he will probably be on the bench. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I think with Liam, uh, again, you know, not name dropping, but I did chat to him uh, this week. Uh, yeah, he's, he's really positive about the injury. Kind of said that, look, the manager's not going to rush me back. The medical team are really good. Um, if it's not quite right for... I don't do we the fixture list on soccer base says we play Scunthorpe on Tuesday in the cup. I don't think those fixtures have been agreed, have they, as yet? Uh, no, the, the dates haven't been uh, finalised yeah, yet, as far as I'm so. aware. So sorry, Dad, I lied to you. We don't play Scunthorpe on Tuesday. Um, so um, yeah, I think you know Liam will be a big miss, but I think that we've seen in the past the danger of people playing through the pain barrier in order to to kind of push us forward. And I'm thinking 2016-17, Sam Habergan, you know, played mm. through the pain barrier and arguably was probably not the same player. He did the same the following season. Um, major issues for him. You know, I think Bozzy regularly played through the pain barrier towards the end of our title winning season and that impacted him. Potentially Bruno did because he started in the following season, injured Tom Pett, you know. So I think that we've had um, in the past... You know, that kind of gung-ho, let's get up and at um, everyone's all right, play through the pain barrier has worked in terms of success. But I think for, for somebody like Liam Bridcock, who's going to be hugely influential for us this season, there's no sense in saying, it. You know, have an injection and get out there against Oxford if we're then going to lose him for two or three months later in the season. So um, my gut feeling, and I don't, I don't have this on any sort of... Um, authority whatsoever just reading between the lines of the echoes report i personally think that that liam may well miss the oxford game um but we shall we shall see uh we shall see how that goes i think that if he was 75 25 i don't think he'd be risked mm. yeah i mean it's it's going to be it's going to be one of those where i think he needs to be you know confident that he's fit and that the club needs to be confident that he's fit he doesn't there is no point in risking him this early on in the season, like you say, we've had players that have uh, pushed through the pain barrier, pain barrier before, and it, it's never, it's never done them any favours. So, um, okay, right. So that is more or less sort of what uh, what we needed to talk about club wise this week. Uh, we did say last week that we were going to do a little um, a little thing about where people are listening because. I'm always, you know, every now, every now and then I'll go through the stats. I'm always a little bit amazed about where people listen from. So um, first up, we had a message on the, on Twitter just before we started recording. I don't know if you've seen this one uh, from Adam Bull. Um, says, you asked about people who listen abroad. My favourite way of listening in Spain, riding around the south of, south of Spain on my bike with your podcast blaring out of a speaker. Um, so he's he's got a speaker connected to the front of his bike and he's included a picture on the beach. Um, so yeah, we'll be broadcasting to the people of Spain. Yeah, I wanted to say something in Spanish there, and I don't know anything <laughs> at all. Not a single word. You see, the only thing, but, the only real, real things that I know in Spanish are obviously uh, "hola" and uh, you know uh, "me amo est." Uh, but the the other thing is, um, there's a scene in Community, uh, which is an amazing, amazing comedy series. By the way, that's something you should watch. Actually, Community it's really funny. Um, but there's a bit in that where they've got two characters and they they rap um, to, to some uh, like a, one of them's beatboxing and they start rapping to uh, "Donde esta la biblioteca," which is "Where is the library?" Um, mm. And yeah, there's a whole song around that. But yes, carry on. 
what Spanish no, do you no, know? Uh, there's nothing I can say. I don't know any Spanish. <laughs> Although uh, I was going to say hola, uh, but it's obviously hola. But I, I can't add, you know, this is going to sound, I don't think I've ever been to Spain. Oh. I've been to Portugal. Not recently, I, didn't I speak hope. any. No, no, not recently. You know, in 2001, where I found a bag of crisps called Cockers, and I thought it was hilarious. <laughs> to be uh, fair, that is quite funny. Yeah. I was, I think, I, was that my first proper foreign holiday? Prayer de Russia. Okay. Just down the road from Prayer de Lourdes, made famous by a certain um, disappearing infant. Anyway, um, yeah, so uh, we said we'd, we'd go through places that people listen. So um, we actually had... Uh, I think I mentioned it on the the last podcast. We we had probably the best month outside of like the the, the special months, if you like. So where we've had uh, Michael on the show, and we've had uh, Liam on the show, and we've had Clive on and stuff like that. Um, in terms of just regular episodes, uh, August was actually pretty pretty good. It was our best month ever. So um, in sort of a celebration of that, I thought we'd go through where people listen. Um, so obviously the UK is is the top um the top spot and uh, closely followed by the United States. Now we have nearly 200 people or 200 downloads uh in the United States which is I mean obviously we've had somebody this week from the club um or you know the club have promoted somebody sorry saying that uh, you know that's where they're based and they'll be hopefully trying to come over. It's um, Dave Dave they, Johnson who found us on football manager. There you go. Um, he was looking for, I don't know if you've read the article, but um, he was looking for clubs with uh, American links and he settled on either Lincoln or Boston uh, and chose Lincoln because I think he didn't want to be the Pilgrims. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, nice, nice bloke. I've had a, exchanged a couple of emails with Dave um, and he's a, a patron of the site and he's yeah very passionate. He was commenting on one of my uh, video feeds the other day as well. So um, I've actually potentially lined him up for the pod um oh good stuff can, yeah have a chat and whether it's the pod or whether it's a video feed it all depends on timings when we're recording when he's available yeah um and that sort of thing so obviously it's, it's difficult for him so but yeah we're hoping to to get him on and to have a chat at some point about his uh lincoln city odyssey so that's quite good carry on there we go um so yeah the the next uh next up the third most downloaded country um where would you have a guess? And I'm, I'm hoping that you're going to guess this and not say, oh, well, I'm guessing and then actually reading it off the site. Where would you guess it would be? I'm not on the site. I don't have the internet open while we're talking. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Let me think. Um, I would say that it's probably going to be somewhere in Europe. It's Bahrain. <laughs> Well, do you know what? I was going to say the Middle East as well because there's a lot of expats out there, isn't there? Yeah, so there we go. Bahrain is the uh, the third most popular country of the Stacey West podcast. Um, then following that is Romania uh, with a whopping 1% of downloads, or just over 1% wow. of downloads for, for the month of August, uh, followed by Norway, India, Australia and France, and then Spain and Italy round up the top 10. You see, Italy, for instance, I know that Chris and Kyle Keneally listened to us when they went away. I think they went to Italy. So a lot of those places, maybe when people are on holiday, they listen to us. I'm not sure if anybody holidays in Romania. I'm not sure if that's a cracking <laughs> holiday destination or not. I mean, obviously, it's not, you know, we're not Nicola Ceausescu um, fearing country anymore. But yeah. Romania used to have such a good international team as well, didn't they? A bit before your time, but... Popescu and Georgie Haji and Marius Lakatouche and yeah, they were no, really that good. That was that was that was just about my time. That was that was, was uh, nineteen ninety. You must have only just been born. Was that nineteen? Was that nineteen ninety? That was World been... Cup ninety. They had Marius Lakatouche, Georgie Haji. Uh, I think I must have probably caught the, the tail end of. Like I remember George they had, they might have had the same in '94. They had Ely Dumitrescu as well, didn't they? He was yeah. uh, he was at Spurs, yeah. Uh, and they also hilariously uh, or hilariously for me, I think was it them that had the player called Popoff, which um, is what Fee used to describe farts. <laughs> Popoff, excellent. Um, was it was it the Romanians that that dyed their hair blonde in '98? Potentially. 
I don't know they uh, World Cup in 98, Romania. I know they went 94. You might be right. I'm sure it was... I'm sure it was the Romanians in 98 because I, I definitely remember it being the 98 World Cup. And I'm, I, yeah, anyway, but yes. You've um, got Google open. Have a look. I, <laughs> fuck off. Um, so uh, <laughs> then the, the the sort of remaining areas, if you like, whether these are just people with uh, with dodgy VPNs or whatever, uh, we've got a few people in Thailand, a few people in Poland, some uh, a few in New Zealand, Greece, Jersey, Belgium, the Philippines, Czech Republic, Germany, Guernsey, Iran, and Turkey. There is a single person downloading us in Iran. Big, big shout out to the Philippines, which I'm hoping is Ash, my boss. Um, <laughs> if it's not, then, <laughs> then I would words. say, why aren't you? Yeah, I was going to say, why aren't you listening to us, Ash? But I won't know, will I? I do know that he likes the Badman Ting gift that Stuart Wells <laughs> keeps rolling out all the time. Um, so, yes, they were at the 1998 World Cup. I've, I'm on my phone. Um, so there we go. I don't know whether they dyed their hair blonde or not. Mm. They were there. There we go. Um, and also, you might remember Haji from Euro '96 as well. I think that's probably where I'm remembering from because Euro '96 was my first like tournament that I, I cared about because obviously England weren't at World Cup '94. Um, and uh, yeah, Euro '96 was was the big one for me. I was 12 yeah, during Euro '96, and that'll make you feel probably very old. Yeah, because Euro 96, I was um, 18 and I cried under the Adam and Eve pool table when Southgate missed his penalty. And, uh, there we go. And then I think I climbed some scaffolding outside the uh, up the vicarage and I ended up then vomiting out of uh, all over the kitchen floor uh, and then out of my bedroom window. And when I woke up in the morning, my mum came in and basically said, what have you done in the kitchen? You blah, blah, blah. And I went, it wasn't me. It was the dog <laughs> thinking that I could get away with blaming it on the dog. And she said, you might have got away with it. She said, but it's all down the bloody back wall and in the backyard as well. She goes, and the dog didn't come upstairs and do it out your window, did he? I was like, no, he didn't. <laughs> oh, dear. So there we go. That is um, a, a global view of the uh, of the Stacey West podcast. We're getting... Uh, yeah, we 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 seemingly get people from extremely random places. Um, I was I was particularly surprised with Bahrain, if I'm honest. But like you say, there's a lot of expats out there. So, um, yeah, interesting one. Uh, but yes, if you are listening somewhere that's that's that would be considered unusual for a Lincoln City fan to be, let us know. Throw us a message on Twitter or wherever, and uh, we'll we'll probably give you a shout out. I believe that's what they're still called because you know. We are down with the kids. Georgie Haji was still playing for the Romanian national side in 1999. That's mad because he, he made his debut in 1984, I think it was. Scored his first goal in the World Cup qualifying for 1986 against Northern Ireland. Wow. There we go. There we go. 13 year international career. Impressive stuff. Anyway, yes, uh, I think that's... started in 1985 and still playing in 1999, so it's definitely 14 years as a minimum. Fair enough. Uh, but yeah, anything uh, anything that you need to to, to bring up or, or round off or plug or talk about? Uh, I don't really know, to be honest. I don't think I have anything particularly to plug. I'm not selling anything at the moment, which is unusual. I mean, my books are available on Amazon, but... You know, I'm not forcing you to read them if you don't want. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, no, I don't think I've got anything to to plug either at the moment, other than the uh, you know, other than the website and the the YouTube channel and stuff, uh, nextgenbase.com. Um, but yeah, we'll. Uh, I think we'll probably leave it there. We'll watch the game tomorrow. We shall dissect and discuss next week, and uh, hopefully, I won't. Well, I said that. Well, you you know you can watch the highlights. Yeah, anyone by the way who's thinking of robbing my house uh, while I'm away, don't. <laughs> Just a polite request. Yeah, don't. I mean, you know, it's obvious why not. My neighbour would quite happily have a prisoner, and I've gone into all of that before. Um, so you know, there will be somebody on the property at all times. But I, I'm always a bit dubious. You know, when you go away, like people are putting all their holiday snaps mm. on and that, and you think, you know, if I was build a burglar. It's basically just like an invite list, isn't it? Having a look down, oh, look, you know, Jobby and 
Deirdre on holiday. Let's go around and smash that. Jobby and Deirdre. Yeah, I don't know. Do you know what I mean? People are putting like, oh, look at me, best Monday ever, or typical Monday, and they're there laid on a sun lounge. It's like, yeah, 51 Mondays of the year, you sat looking like a miserable tosser behind the bloody checkout in Lidl's, and then you go away for one week. Until you said all over Facebook. Until you said check out at Lidl's, I could have sworn you were talking about Pearson. No, is that what you do? You mean Andy? We don't refer to people <laughs> rudely by their surname. Andy is a friend of the podcast. He is indeed. But when you said, you know, 51 weeks, 51 Mondays of the year, he sits there looking miserable. I thought, oh, that's, that's, that's probably Andy. No, Andy's 52 yeah. weeks of the year. He sat around looking miserable. By the way, he's got issues with Ryanair. I don't know if you're aware of that, but he's yeah. Uh, I, I was gonna, I was gonna bring that up actually because it was, uh, it was when he was um, giving me a bit of lip on Twitter the other day about uh, about the issues that I've had with a company recently, and he said, "Oh, what? <laughs> have you have you had issues with them, Ben?" I was like, "Oh, how's your Ryanair claim going? Pipe down." Yeah, he's every day. At least you've got action. All he does is moan about it. At least, <laughs> yeah, at least you've got something doing. He's just going, "Oh, going, well, I'm not happy about this. I'm not happy about that. Not happy. Not happy." I love Andy. Great guy. Oh, nah, we're, we're only we're only joshing. Uh, but uh, anyway, yes, uh, we will see you next week. Um, I think we should probably say that with the season starting, we'll try and get back to regular Thursdays. Or yeah, hopefully, possibly yeah, we can Fridays. We'll, we'll do you know, depending on, we'll have a chat and we'll see what day works out best. But it'll either be back to a regular Thursday or a regular Friday. Well, just just so our listeners can hear the process, my concern with doing it later in the week is that by the time we analyse a game, the game is so old and gone and does, done and dusted that it's old content. So we need to know really, is the podcast partly to do with analysing? Because if it is, we want to be earlier in the week. Or is it looking ahead to the next game? Because then it's ha- we're happy to do it later in the week. But we didn't then ought to labour 15 minutes on a game that happened five days previous. So let us know. Let us know which one's best. Oh, that's you as well, Ben. You know, let me know which one you think's best. I mean, I think we we always tried to um, we always tried to you know record on a Wednesday because it's pretty much bang in the middle of the week. So I think that might be the best place to continue to do it and then get the uh, you know get it out nice and early Thursday morning. So we'll we'll discuss anyway and and figure it out. So, uh, but until then, we shall disappear and uh, see you later. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye. the 90th minute and all your mates around watching the imps on iFollow. You've got your McNugget share boxes on the go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping, but then you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.